Hello friends, today I am taking a look at John chapter 11, verse 54, all the way through to chapter 12, verse 11. This isn't a particularly long reading, it just kind of finishes up the last little bit of chapter 11, and then the first little bit of chapter 12. And it continues on with uh, the story of Jesus and his interactions with his really close friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and this, uh, this family that live in Bethany. And uh, yesterday's reading was the raising of Lazarus, so Jesus has, has uh, commanded Lazarus to come out of the tomb, and that's happened. And then this is what happens next. That, that sort of led to the, the ramping up of the controversy with Jesus and the religious authorities. The uh, governing council has now met and has basically decided that they're going to arrest Jesus and essentially arrange for him to be executed. Uh, so that, that decision's been made uh, just before what we're about to read. So this is starting at John 11, verse 54. Jesus therefore no longer walked about openly among the Jews. <laughs> Big sense. But went from there to a town called Ephraim in the region near the wilderness. And he remained there with his disciples. And that town is um, farther north from Bethany where he was. Bethany's pretty close to Jerusalem. Uh, I think two miles, the text said. And... Um, but Ephraim's a little bit farther. I didn't look up the actual mileage, but just on the map, it looks farther, uh, further north, up towards Samaria. Um, it says near the wilderness. So he remains there. Verse 50, 55. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Uh, again, when there's the Passover or any festival, but especially the Passover, People from all around are making pilgrimage and they stay in Jerusalem for many days and celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem um, on these high holy festivals or um, that's that's just what happened. People would would uh, would be pilgrims on their way. They would make pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem to uh, celebrate and worship there. Uh, so people have done that and they were looking for Jesus and were asking one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? Surely he will not come to the festival, will he? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should let them know so that they might arrest him. So people are wondering about this. Now six days before the Passover, this is now into chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. They, there they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? 
now, we'll stop there for a minute because this is sort of a, well, it is a strange scene that's going on. You'll notice we've got uh, Martha who is serving. Um, there's kind of this dynamic between Mary and Martha. Mary is the one who, uh, and they're, they're in multiple gospels, they're talked about. Mary seems to be the one who wants to sit with Jesus and learn and listen and um, have a conversation. And Martha is the one who is in the kitchen and serving and getting things ready. And, and there's, there's this interaction in a different gospel where Martha's quite upset uh, because her sister's not helping her at all. And Jesus kind of defends Mary and says, um, hey, it's, well, I'll, my paraphrase, hey, it's really okay for her to sit and have a conversation with me. Um, some say that uh, Martha's a problem there. I don't think so. I think Jesus would also say, yeah, also good for you to serve. Like, fantastic. Um, let's, let's let each other do what each other's going to do. Uh, that would be my paraphrase. Um, but we notice these roles are here. Martha is serving. Lazarus is just at the table. But Mary does something really bizarre. She takes uh, a pound of costly perfume, like a ton of perfume, and anoints Jesus' feet with it. Um, it was a common thing to wash someone's feet when they came into, um, into a home. Um, but, and, and maybe they would use some perfume just to make it, you know, get rid of the foot smell. Uh, but, but a pound of it is a lot. And then also to wipe the feet with her hair rather than a towel, um, is this, uh, you know, intimate kind of close moment between Mary and Jesus. And, um, and the house is filled with this, with this fragrance, uh, Judas gets upset about this, and we're not quite sure what Mary is really doing. We're not even necessarily sure if Mary knows exactly what she's doing, other than honoring Jesus, perhaps a sign of worship of Jesus. Uh, Judas gets really mad about this and asks, I think, a pretty good question. We're told that, oh, well, this is the one who's going to betray him, so, you know, don't trust him. But his question actually seems pretty good until we learn a little more about his motivations in a minute. Couldn't we have, couldn't we have been practical? Couldn't we have sold this perfume and, and given the money to the poor? Like, isn't that what we're all about? And it's a really good question, actually. He's, he might be right. Um, and I think sometimes this little scene has been used to defend like certain things that the church might decide to do rather than, you know, supporting the poor or supporting particular social programs, we're going to, we're going to buy the latest, uh, you know, audiovisual equipment. We're going to, we're going to devote it to like the making our, our worship space look fantastic. Um, we're going to devote it to worship like, like Mary did. She devoted this to the worship of Jesus. And so we're going to devote money to worship, even though we could actually not do that and give the money to the poor or help, you know, people with practical needs. Um, I don't think that's a great use of this text, actually. <laughs> so, uh, but I bring it up maybe because it's been used that way. And, uh, and, I, and I don't know that that's a great way. I actually think, um, I think Judas's question is a good one to always ask actually. So let's read a little more and see what Jesus has to say about it. I don't think it's, it, Jesus doesn't necessarily make it super clear for us, like how to respond to those kinds of questions. 
But um, but here we go anyway. So verse six says, you know, Judas asks his question. And then we find he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. So in other words, couldn't we have sold this for like, say, you know, 300 denarii, which is actually a lot, a lot of money. Um, and because uh, he's thinking... If we got, like, we could get 300 denarii for this and I could skim a little bit off the top. And, then, and we could help the poor too, but I could skim a little off, off the top. Like, that's what he's trying to do. Um, so we get this motivation that he doesn't actually care about the poor. Um, and so maybe that's something to be wary of as well, is that when, like, these are good questions to ask, but also the motives behind the question might be important too. Like, for instance, if... Um, if I'm asking this about the church, but then also in my own life, I just sort of like, well, it's my, you know, when it's my money, I can willy-nilly do whatever I want with it. But when it's the church's money and we're about to spend like $300 on something, I, I'll bring up like, well, couldn't we help the poor? Like, so it's more about like, what are our motivations, right? So, um, of course we could help the poor with, with money, um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, I'll leave it there for now. Jesus responds to Judas in verse seven, leave her alone. He says, she bought it. So first of all, uh, Mary actually bought that perfume for a specific purpose. So it's not like she had it lying around and she's going to sell it off. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Uh, now this is actually kind of a cryptic sort of saying, it's a bit tricky. Um, the part that I find helpful is that she bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Well, it's, it's not actually the day of Jesus' burial. She's now used it to anoint his feet and Jesus is now bringing interpretation to her action, which Mary might not even necessarily realize. So Jesus is using this really as an occasion to say, you know, this is, and this is something that would be done, um, for like, as part of regular burial practices, which like, we wouldn't question regular burial practices with the kind of question that Judas has as, you know, could we do this differently? Um, so that we would have more money to support, you know, other things. He, he wouldn't ask that around burial practices. And Jesus is saying, actually, she, this is, this is part of the burial practice. Like I, I'm going toward my death and this is this, this is the anointing. This is the, this is the, uh, perfume and fragrance that would normally be used as part of the burial of a body. And we're doing it now because this is, this is where this whole thing is going. So that's quite interesting. Jesus uses it as an occasion to interpret her actions and to say that actually this is about this unique moment, this unique time. And but then he says, you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me, which kind of makes it sound like a couple of things. One is like this is a one time thing and you can always help the poor later. Um, and, and maybe that's all Jesus meant. Like that might be that actually might be the best interpretation I kind of think in the moment right here I kind of think maybe that is the best interpretation but I did want to just give another word of caution about this because I've heard this phrase quoted 
as Jesus affirming, you know what, poverty is always going to exist, so don't try to do anything about it, um, right? So here, Jesus seems to be saying, no, don't bother helping the poor with in this way, because you're always going to have the poor with you. Um, you know, it's a drop in the bucket all that you can't really, you can't really do anything about it. And there's, you're never going to eliminate poverty. So don't, don't bother. But actually, but that's not what Jesus is saying. He's, he's talking about this unique moment in this instance. And yes, he's saying you always have the poor with you. That may be true. Like maybe there is not going to be an eradication of poverty completely globally until the final kingdom comes and, and everything is set right. Um, but nowhere would it agree with the rest of scripture for us to say it's a drop in the bucket. Don't actually help the poor. The, the thrust of scripture is actually the complete opposite of that is completely care for the poor, help the poor be there for them. This is why Judas brings up his argument in the first place is this has been core to Jesus teaching, um, is to support the poor. Uh, this comes out way more in, say, Luke's gospel, where we see different snippets of Jesus' teaching, where he's very focused on blessed are the poor and the support of uh, of the poor in the world and why that is so central to his message of the kingdom coming. Uh, that isn't as present in John's telling of the gospel. Uh, so we can get a little confused. Like if we quote these things completely out of context, not just its own story and literary context, but the whole biblical witness context, uh, we can run into some trouble. So people have used this verse in that way, and that's really not right. Uh, all right, so this uh, then then it concludes just with with this. Uh, so this is John twelve verse nine. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Okay, so. Everybody, a whole bunch of people um, realizes, oh, Jesus is here. and But they showed up not just because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus. Because word has gotten around that Lazarus has come back from the dead. And people are like, whoa, got to go see that. Like, that's amazing. So a whole big crowd are there. Uh, and then verse 10. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. So it's really ramping up, right? There's a whole group of people who are now saying, mm, I don't know about what the chief priests and the Pharisees are saying. And they're quote unquote deserting, right? And they're going to believe in Jesus. They're going to go and say, no, 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 we're, we're with him. Yeah. And they're really worried about that. So not only are they now planning to, execute Jesus they're planning to put Lazarus to death as well which is which is amazing but this is what happens right anytime you have like people who are trying to protect their power right which is what's going on um and they believe they're doing it for good like they believe they're doing this because oh you know if this gets out of hand the Romans are going to destroy our nation and our temple but but for the regular people, Jesus is actually bringing hope. And so that, even that sort of like, well, we're doing this for the good of everybody to protect them from the, from the Romans. It's actually sort of to protect our own, our own establishment, like our own way of life is pretty good. 
the regular people, their life isn't really that great, but hey, ours is good. So let's protect that, right? Like anytime you've got people in power, look what happens is like, well, let's try and discredit that person. Let's try to, like, maybe we need to eliminate them. Now there's a problem with this person. Let's eliminate that person. And this is really getting uh, quite um, insidious uh, on the part of the the leadership uh, here. And so, yeah, it's it's really bad, right? They're now planning to put Lazarus to death. Uh, it's interesting, Lazarus um, doesn't, he gets mentioned just in passing uh, once more in John's gospel and we don't have anything else in the gospel about him and about what happened to him. So I may go and look up like are there any extra biblical sources that talk about what did happen to Lazarus and um, you know did he survive and uh, you know what happened. So he doesn't uh, we don't get that in John's gospel anyway but might be interesting to look into. Well I hope today's uh, reading and reflection on John's Gospel was interesting for you. And yeah, thanks for joining again today. Take care.